I'm Nick Filardi. I'm Jason Dealbar. Welcome to the world's second finest podcast. Welcome to the Two Read Pile, where Jason and I tackle movies, books, podcasts, uh, enter- entertainment, content, hashtag content. We'll cram it Puppet down shows. our gullets, and then we'll, like a mother bird, we will regurgitate it into your mouth, uh, ears, yeah. holes. The metaphor doesn't hold up, but like the point is this, that we're trying to check out some stuff in our Two Read Pile, and if we like it, we bring it to you, and we say, hey. You should check this out, too. Yeah. As always, if you don't have a comic shop in your area, you can check out the Amazon affiliate links below. You can check those out and and pick up any book we talk about. Also, this show is on YouTube. So if you like a little bit of art with uh, your podcast, because this is a visual medium. Check it out at YouTube.com slash Nick Phil. Let's stop clapping. Let's start doing a dream for the teens and the in-betweens of the 20s yet unseen. Jason, what are you pulling off the two read pile? <laughs> yeah, I'm just going with it. I am. Uh, I bought I bought two books from uh, from my local church slash comic book shop uh, the other day. And I only read the first part of the other one, which I'll, I might talk about. We talked about it on the show before, but or you did. But this one is uh, The Cat from the Kimono. It's oh, I haven't heard of that. By hu- well, it's published by Humanoids. Um, so it's it's a hmm. European book. Um, the the artist is uh, Nancy Pena. And it's just, just this gorgeous, gorgeous fairy tale that's told in this like Victorian era sort of Edward Gorey style of art. But also like, I mean, it's even described on like the back cover of... Uh, inspired by Japanese painting and 19th century English engravings, you know? Um, And it's, and it's a, just a, it's not like full album size, but it's not like, uh, uh, you know, standard trade paperback. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Size. Uh, But the, the, the art is just gorgeous. It's one of those things where, because it's a fairy tale, the, the story itself is like simple ish, but like you have appearances from Alice from, from Alice in Wonderland. Oh, that's great. It's yeah, it's like these like magical cats like come to life like off of a kimono, you know, mm-hmm. and travel around the world and like the cats are it's it, it's black, it's black and white and the cat's black and so like the cat will like like there are scenes where uh Watson finds the cat, right? Like swimming in the ocean, Watson scoops the cat out, but Watson's wearing a, you know, everything black and the cat mm-hmm. just disappears into him. <laughs> Sure. Yeah. Like two two little eyes. As you know, like the style is do that. That yeah. is a real thing. It it is. It is having had two black cats in my life. It's it is. They're great, man. Just the cats too. It's like one of those like, you know, when when people can draw animals and just like really really capture really sit in 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 a simplistic way, just like everything about that animal. You know, sure. Like I I, I really dig. Uh, and it's definitely, I'll definitely go back to it like again and again. I, I was actually like kind of flipping through it, uh, the other day just cause it, it really is like, I, I, I love the art. I love this art style. So, so much, you know, and it's one of those, like, it's a quick read because it's not very long anyway, but also mm-hmm. it just, it just moves, you know, it just keeps you like moving, you know, but I, but I also 
again, because of the art, I'm just kind of like, I'm going to turn the page back for a second and just sort of, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know, you just, yeah, I just kind of want to live in it a little bit more and like really enjoy sure. it. So, so yeah, the cat, the cat from the kimono, it's not anything super deep. You might be able to draw something from it. It's kind of a melancholy fairy tale as you know, some of them are, yeah. um, but I just, I, I, you know, I saw it. I'm like, that looks interesting. And then the humanoids thing, I'm like, all right, humanoids. Yeah. I'll, I'll give most stuff from humanoids a shot here or there if it looks. Yeah, absolutely. Looks interesting enough. Yeah. So the the cat from the kimono by Nancy Pena. Really, really good. And then, oh, uh, before I get to my non-comic book recommendation, I don't have Starman stuff this week, but fun story. I wanted to buy the compendiums, and so I'm searching on eBay, and I find uh, both compendiums, and I message the seller because I'm like, they wanted a hundred bucks, and I was like, uh, how about eighty, and I'll just pay the shipping, and they were just immediately like, they accepted the offer, yeah, and then I didn't check my email for a minute because we were recording, and then <laughs> after we were recording, I looked at my email and I had gotten a message back, and the seller was like. Uh, hey, do you want James to sign one or either of the books for you? Uh, because I know like they're not even touched, like they're, they're Hell, like unopened. Yeah. And I was like, what the um and I was like, holy crap, if you can get I'm like, I just messaged the seller back. I'm like, yeah, if you can if you can get him to sign anything or whatever, I just love the books. That's so cool. Yeah, yeah. I'd be like super appreciative. This is like amazing. And then she messaged me back and she goes, well, I'm married to him. So like, I'm pretty sure I can get him to sign anything. I'm like, holy crap. <laughs> I bought, I bought, so, you know, so big shout out to uh, Allison uh, Robinson and James Robinson. Like, you know, yeah. thanks for, thanks for, uh, you know, let me buy those, but also, Hey, thanks for writing them. And, you know, yeah. Yeah. Being, being really cool. I just thought that was such that a, rules, dude. Know, yeah, it's just, it's just such a fun story. It's like, holy shit. That's so, so cool. So I've got a question. Have you, you have the compendiums now? They are in your, yeah. in your house. Yes. You have held them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you were a couple podcasts ago. We were talking about this, about how like, you're like, well, I, you know, the compendiums are nice, but like they're big and they're giant. And, and I like a thinner book. I like a, I like a floppy. I like six issues at a time, you know, something like that. Now that you have the compendiums, because the compendiums are soft cover, not hard cover. Yeah, yeah. Now that you have it in your possession, what do you think about like compendium size? I don't I don't mind it. You know, I don't. Yeah. I just always worry about like, I think it's because like I don't I don't trust um, <laughs> big apologies because this is my bias, I suppose. But I don't trust big publishers like that to to always get books that size right you know because sure. it can be it can be so hard and like whenever i've tried books of that size from a bigger publisher yeah it's always like there's some kind of like oh well this is bending well okay now the now this is getting ate up by the page and you, yeah you know it's just not as like just well put together so they did like turn me off for a bit but hey, you know, my my bias is shown to be kind of dumb. So I should probably 
start giving a few more of those uh, a chance. Cause it's not like, cause I'm, cause I'm about to read um, after I'm done with a different book I'm reading, I'm planning on really digging back into, cause it's been years and I don't remember a whole lot of it. Uh, Anders Nielsen's big questions, which is like 1200 pages long. Yeah. And like a single volume. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not like. You like a big book. You yeah, won't shy yeah, away. If a big book lands in your lands in your lap, you're not going to shy away. Yeah, yeah. I think it was just my latent bias of the, you know, maybe maybe I've read the comics journal for too long and like anything DC or Marvel did. I was like, <laughs> whatever, whatever squares. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm also finding that like there wasn't, a lot of care taken to uh, uh, long trade paperbacks like that when we were younger. Yeah. And, and so like those opinions have kind of like solidified in my, in my heart. And then now that we're older and like people are taking more care of these things and putting out like uh, interesting additions and things like that, that like, I'm like, Oh, you can buy a book this thick and it like won't impact the content. Like they figured it out. They tried yeah, yeah. they tried enough stuff that didn't work that now they're like, okay, this will work. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And then the only other thing, because I, I just recently watched it, Criterion Channel has a bunch of great uh con movies, uh collection, a con movie collection, um, through all of like November. Uh, but I'm sure you can find Are you, this are you movie talking and are you talking con as in can convict or are you talking about con as in confidence man oh as in confidence man as in okay you know so, right. ha- so they have like the sting and like the 12th man you know all yeah. that they have a movie i'd never seen and i honestly didn't never heard of before i was kind of shocked that i didn't but it has john cusack uh annette benning and angelica houston and it's called the mm-hmm. grifters and it came out in 1990 yeah. And I'd, I'd never seen it I'm before, in. but yeah, just that cast alone. And also like, y- y- you know, con movie called the fuck. Yeah. I'm, you know, it's so good. It's so yeah. goddamn good. I love it. Uh, the, I'll just read a quick from it's, it's essentially, it is what it, you know, it's John Cusack plays a, a grifter whose mother shows up. Who's also a grifter. <laughs> Who's like like everyone in this? It's 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 a neo noir uh, film, you know. Nice. So everything yeah, is yeah, all yeah. super like, you, you know, like he meets like like John Cusack's character like meets like this like master grifter who teaches him everything. You yeah. know, there are all these. You know, everyone's always in on some kind of con. You know, Annette Benning right. gets naked a lot. You know, <laughs> which is always fun always fun you know but it's just this like it's this fun really good noir story that also is like uh shockingly kind of dark yeah you know (laughs) like you're like oh yeah wait that's right this is you know there's a this isn't a fun world to be in (laughs) i i don't watch a lot of movies over the course of a year uh for whatever reason after i got out of college i just started binging tv while i work well the reason is so i'll binge tv while i work and then movies require more of your focus so i couldn't work while i had a movie on and then some television series are like that too like the wire and stuff like that where they'll they'll do they'll show 
they'll show and not tell kind of thing. Um, yeah. But like Law and Order SVU, you can it's a podcast. You don't even have to see it. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, so I kind of stopped watching a lot of movies. And then I realized just recently that uh, all the movies that I had been seeing for the past like decade were all like Marvel DC stuff <laughs> that like I was like, so I I, I kind of this is a, a, a long wandering story to to come to this point that Shannon put on uh, practical magic while I was uh, doing some drawing over here and mm -hmm. uh, also from the 90s uh, yeah. spooky season, you know, whatever. And I was glancing over at it. And it looked like a movie like it didn't look like a CGI mess. It wasn't like totally polished. They didn't like scrape all the grain off the camera. It was like it looked like a movie. It's, it has this like intangible quality that like was immediately charming, like with without even like look like hearing any of the dialogue because I had headphones in. Any of that. I was just. I don't know, like kind of floored by it visually, which like, yeah, who gets floored by like practical magic, the movie, <laughs> you know what I mean? But I, well, I, I feel yeah. like we've we, we've gone so far from that that now I'm like, man, I think I just got to like dial into some 90s movies. Oh, yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. And 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 one of the things that drove me to and is driving me to make I'm I'm trying to make it a point too to like watch more movies. Well, because number one, like I do watch a, a bit, I guess. Uh, but like I have the Criterion Channel subscription for a reason. Might as know? well. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But also, like I'm so I get so exhausted by oh, you have to watch this new show. I'm like, I'm going to have to now you're now wanting me to watch another eight hours of a story that could probably have been told oh. in like three. Yeah. And and you're telling me, oh, no, no, oh, wait, wait, wait till episode five. And it gets really our, our buddy Ziggy. This is his like <clears throat> big, big X to grind. This is the hill that he will die on. He talks about this mm -hmm. all the time where like a television show should be a television episode of content. There may be an overarching story, but there should be a beginning, middle, and end to every episode. That is the way television is made. It is not yeah. an eight-hour movie. When it turns into an eight-hour movie, you end up with, like, things in the middle that are just boring. Like, yeah, there's just nothing going on. The characters don't have a lot to do because, like, it's built to be four hours or whatever. Um, I was yeah. watching uh, the new Ahsoka show and uh, the Ahsoka Tano show from Star Wars. And because I like that character and she's great in um, Clone Wars, the animated series. Really yeah, enjoyed yeah. it. Uh, and this just felt Jason, they spend a whole episode just like investigating the docks. And how the bad guys are stealing a hyperdrive from the docks and they're at the docks and then they fight at the docks. And I'm just like, I fucking hate this. Just give the give the bad guys the hyperdrive and let's move on, you know? Yeah, 
Yeah. Well, or I, I was at, so like this morning, um, I was at my mom's house cause I took today off of work. I was at my mom's house, uh, to do something with her. And we went to, um, when, while she was getting ready, I was just sitting around she's like, yeah, just turn, you know, turn on the TV. I'm like, yeah, all right. And I'm like, just kind of flipping around. It's like eight in the morning and I'm like, ah, oh, shit, deep space nine. Nice. Hell yeah. You know? And it was just like everything I needed, even though I forgot like some of the characters names right away. Then I'm like, oh, okay. I started like, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you pick it up quick. Yeah. And then it's like, holy shit beginning middle end here's the beginning of the story where character gets mad characters don't know why this other character is mad it's something to do with her physiology because she's the um was the cardassian or no the um the with the tattoos on the side of the um uh are you talking the head about the uh uh you're talking Um, about jadzia dax the uh that's it thank you dax yeah I was, I was forgetting I forgot, I forgot I was what her species is, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. I remember the characters, but anyway, but like it's an episode where like she loses, like, I don't know, the, the, the symbiote part of her is yeah, something's I've seen messed the up with it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But like that, but that happens in the middle. The, the, the captain and the whole crew find the solution, and then yeah. the resolution of it is at the end yeah it's at the end of the episode that's all you need yeah it's not five episodes later where you don't know if she's alive or dead and like two other characters went on some quest or like made up with their dad or something like that like i give a shit like by the by the way shout out (laughs) dax trans icon like oh fuck yeah that's such a great scene such a smart smart way to do like gender fluid stuff by being like well it's a host that is or, or a parasite not a parasite. What do they call it? A symbiote, maybe? I don't yeah. know. I forget what yeah. they call it, but it's like yeah, it's a something. thing that has, that has lived in as a man and as a woman and as a space alien. It's like it's been in all these different people and it remembers them. And it's like, yeah, now I'm a woman. And it's like, this is just who I am, you know? Yeah. In this like fluid continuity. And it's a really creative way for like sci-fi to get into it. I mean, I could talk about Deep Space Nine all day. I, I literally did I six like, issues of Deep, Deep Space Nine. Like, you should check those out. They're freaking rad. It's called Dog of War. Uh, shameless plug there. But yeah, Deep Space Nine, so good. And such a great, Star Trek in general is such a great um, example of like, we're going to do an episode. And it's yeah. going to have a beginning, middle and end. And there might be some overarching stuff like one character is a little upset and that's going to continue into the next episode or whatever. But like. Mostly there's a moral or lesson or point to the whole episode. And like sometimes it does really well. Sometimes it falters. You know, there's better episodes than others. But it's like, yeah, man, totally. Trek is like perfect for that. I don't. Yeah, we've talked about Trek before on this podcast. People don't watch enough Trek. This is this is the hill I'm going to die on. If I, I have, I'm going to drag the rest of humanity into Star Trek, kicking and screaming. But 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 I also think, uh, but I also think people don't watch enough movies for adults. You know, because while uh, you know, again, I love the the Grifters. Everyone watch the Grifters. Seriously, if that cast doesn't just get you to watch the Grifters, I, I don't I don't know. Uh, yeah. But also, like, it's like I would bring up to people too. It's like. 
I, I liked Knives Out, right? Like Knives Out was a was a very fun movie. I love Ryan, I love Ryan Johnson. He's a great filmmaker. I loved a lot yeah. of his other movies. I saw Knives Out in the theater. A lot of fun. Foghorn Leghorn accent. Awesome. Yeah. We were so yeah. shocked at how well it did. And it's just like, yeah, hey, you made an adult movies with an adult <laughs> story that was kind yeah. of fun. That yeah. wasn't this like giant like uh who the hell's this person now i gotta ask my nerd kid to like what this character's backstory is before like i go to like you know this it's like yeah, yeah isn't it isn't it fun to go see a movie where i know they made a sequel to knives out but to go see a movie where like you don't feel the need to have to see the sequel like oh you know there's gonna be an after credits is it no no yeah. it ended just like it's it's okay to turn you know what it's okay to turn the spigot off for like a little bit is all i'm saying yeah yeah i just to just to add to this real briefly if you are feeling like you're feeling that marvel dc fatigue when it comes to media the star wars machine and everything and you you feel like maybe you want something else i have found two lists of movies that I want to start pulling movies from. Well, actually three. So um, Shudder does a thing with uh, The Last Drive-In with Joe Bob Briggs. Yeah, and yeah. My friend, friends of mine love, love that. I my just started love, getting into it. It's, it's Loves Joe Bob Briggs. If you imagine the... Uh, if you imagine like... He's been kind of doing the same show for since like the 90s. And yeah. what it is, yeah. is like... He will show the movie and then he will interrupt the movie in the quote unquote commercial breaks, but there's no commercial breaks. Um, and he'll just be like, add some like facts and trivia about the movie that you're watching or like a perspective on it or whatever. And then you yeah, go like back into the movie. Mo yeah, like TCM. Yeah, 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 yeah totally. And, and it's all just like B movie horror stuff. It's fantastic. So I started, I started plugging away at that list. And then I found two lists. So we just finished watching Gilmore Girls, all of it, seven seasons and then a year in the life. Can't recommend Gilmore Girls enough. It's an incredible show. Every time yeah, I watch it. You have a back it, tattoo. You have a back tattoo dedicated to it. <laughs> Every time I watch it, I'm like, this show, I, I, I pick new things out of it that like, pertain to my life or whatever i'm going through like i change gilmore girl stays the same i change and then i yeah. find new things in there it's it's yeah. what is really great about art all of the characters are frustrating but it's like <laughs> frustrating in a way where it's like yeah they would do that yeah, yeah. Or, or or you or you start to think ah oh, shit I've acted like that. Oh no. Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Where it, it's it's a very believable thing. Like it's it's not yeah. it's not just like straight up and down black and white kind of stuff like a lot of the Marvel movies are and stuff like that. Yeah. Anyway, I found a list. So they talk very fast on Gilmore Girls and they reference a lot of things. And I, somebody put together a list on Letterbox of every movie that the Gilmore Girls have referenced and how they referenced it they pulled quotes and like put them put them into the thing i'll link it down below if you're interested in this but it's a oh, hundred wow. movies and it ranges from like very very classic stuff like stuff that like 
I was trying to find and was kind of difficult, like Shirley Temple stuff to like deer hunter to like, Ooh. you know, f- footloose to like, you know, whatever. It's it's just it runs the gamut of cinema yeah. and yeah, in a- like a really interesting way. Um, the first movie on the list is um, uh, West Side Story, which mm-hmm. is a stone cold classic. Like oh, oh, I. Yeah. I don't get down with musicals really, but like West Side Story is the shit. Like I, yeah, uh, I gotta, yeah. I gotta watch big, the new I'm one. I'm not a big music. Yeah, I'm not a big musical guy either. But I, I, I do like I do fall under the spell for like the big ones, for like the classics, for like yeah, West Side right, Story, exactly, the, mu- exactly. the Music Man, like yeah. even like Oklahoma and you know. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me tell you the the other list that I looked up, which is batshit crazy. And that is that is, the name of the list? It, it should be. If <laughs> somebody cataloged all the movies that they ever showed on USA Up All Night. Oh, fuck yes. Oh, <laughs> fuck yes. Oh, Jason, my God. It is unhinged. I have to get I have to get the thing because it'll be like. It'll be a list of like, hey, this is a stone cold classic like. OK, all right, let me I'm trying to find a good section, right? So it's like, okay, abducted, abducted to the reunion, which are like <laughs> B movies that I have not heard of, and then the abyss, and then adventures in babysitting, and then airplane, <laughs> airplane two, alien, and then alien predators. There's no place like home, and I'm like, I don't know <laughs> what the fuck that movie is. It's it's like the weirdest stuff that they scraped from the bottom of the catalog alongside like things that are stone cold classics and oh, uh i'm kind of i'm kind of here for it i kind of want to chip away at both lists to be completely yeah. honest yeah fuck yeah fuck yeah you should that man what 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 absolute hero decided to put in the hours right to catalog right? all the movies that usa's up all night used to play <laughs> <laughs> oh my god for anyone who doesn't know usa up all night was a uh show that would run like i think three movies through the evening yeah, um, they'd start, well they'd start at like 10 or 11 or something like yeah. that and go into like the early morning which is probably yeah. when they really played like abducted two <laughs> <laughs> right right was <laughs> that like two was, in the morning and it was usually hosted by uh like like a bimboy character yeah a very buxom yeah 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 and like i was a, you know we were teens when that show was out oh yeah and it was like oh this immediately captures my attention as a teen yeah. boy you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> watched a lot of movies that way <laughs> hey man you know and anything that gets you that gets you to eat your vegetables you know exactly exactly Oh, man. Yeah, I, I want to plug away at those lists. I'm going to link those lists below so you can check them out yourself. Yeah, fuck yeah. So what uh, what, what have you been reading? So I actually had a little time on my hands this week, uh, chipped away at a little bit of uh, Sam and Mystery Theater. But first, I want to talk about there's a new issue of Wesley Dodd's Sandman on the DC app. The first issue mm. dropped. OK, and uh, it's totally beautiful. Um, it's written by uh, Robert uh, Venditti, and 
he and I worked on uh, with Michael Avon Oming on uh, World of Krypton, which is also, I mean, I'm biased because I worked on that, but I think that is also a beautiful book. Um, the art is by uh, Riley Rosmo, uh, colors by Ivan, uh, I'm going to butcher this name, Helicenia. Uh, second issue is out November 14th. So by the time you listen to this, the second issue should be out. Uh, you can get that at your local shop. It is gorgeous. Riley has a incredibly unique style, and he was on a Robin book, apparently, that people did not like when that came out. His style is very bouncy. It's very cartoony. I can understand how if you are a Robin fan, maybe this is not not the guy you want for it. But for the Sandman, for all the smoke and effects and characters and like it's set in the 30s. It's it's just incredibly fun. I cannot recommend it enough. That is Wesley Dodd's Sandman. Also, chipping away at Sandman Mystery Theater. And I'm reading it and we're not going to get into it. I'm, I'm going to save. I'm like halfway through now, more than halfway through uh, oh, 600 of 900 I mean, pages right now. So, OK, yeah, I was going to say it's it's quite a long. Uh... Yeah, it's a long trek and it's it's a slow book because there's they'll do like a four issue arc and then like three issues will be building up to the action that happens in the fourth. So there's basically no action for like 70 pages, which is kind of unheard of in comics. Like usually the rule of thumb is like for mainstream books is like we need to fight every 20 pages. Like somebody's got to fight something every issue. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, maybe well, so, it, was a, it was a it was a Vertigo book, so maybe it got right, like right, and it was for adults, and so they got yeah. a little leeway to like kind of like make it slow. And I'm not criticizing yeah. it for being slow; it's just the nature of what it is. If you're looking for a slower read, Sam and Mystery Theater is really great, and it's just like one murder mystery after another. Uh, very fun. However, Sandman is Wesley Dodds is is interrogating a guy as dressed as a sandman right and the guy's like no 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 no! i have allergies don't don't hit me with the gas he's like please and and wesley's like all right dude like you gotta tell me about this you gotta tell me about this you gotta tell me about this the guy's like oh the guy like puts it together in his head he's like you're like a you're like a comic book character that's what you're doing and the guy's like what is it wesley's like what are you talking? Because he's like a rich finance guy. Like, yeah, it's like the 30s or billions. something. It's the 30s. You know, yeah. he, he constantly talks about how, you know, like the burden of the wealth and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, yeah. so he's like, what are you talking about? And the guy hands him a comic book. And it features uh, a one off side character. I don't think this character is ever going to come back except for these couple panels called Dickie Bones. <laughs> and... I cannot stop thinking about goddamn Dickie Bones, Jason. Yeah, your new obsession. So, he's uh, kind of like the gray ghost from the Batman uh, animated series. He's got a gray trench mm -hmm. coat, gray hat. He's got goggles and he's got crossbones on the goggles. And he drives <laughs> a 1930s race car with a big skull on the front. It fucking oh. rules. Like yeah. very pulpy, very actiony adventure kind of thing. And I started... Jason, I just started thinking about Dickie Bones in general, 
And I was like, I was like, who is Dickie Bones? And then I started thinking, I was like, Dickie Bones. What if he lived in our era, came up with time travel and he's like, I'm going to go kill Hitler. But he like overshot it. And so now he's like, well, I guess I'll just be a superhero, you know? So he's Dickie Bones in the 30s. And he ha- he's he's a well-read man of 2023 who leans liberal, right? <laughs> so like, so like I imagine okay, I came up with three little newsreels for Dickie Bones. Okay. <laughs> let me hit let me hit you with, with them. All right. All right. Imagine it in old timey radio voice. Yeah, the grainy, the the crackling, the the high end, (laughs) because the mics were so bad. Dickie Bones entered the bar like a tornado, and every shot rang true, brutally slaying every mobster and coming out covered in blood. When approached for comment, he said that women should be allowed to open a bank account on their own. (laughs) Dickie Bones. Dickie Bones. Punched a convicted child molester so hard in his gut that his eyes exploded. When reached for comment, he said, Women deserve equal pay. Dickie Bones single handedly threw the entire JP Morgan firm out of a 50 story window. They were liquefied when they hit the ground. On the street, a young witness, Jackson Pollock, remarked he had never seen anything quite like it. When reached for comment, Dickie Bones said, Trickle down Reaganomics just doesn't work. Whatever, (laughs) Dickie Bones, it's 1930. (laughs) <laughs> he's he's trickling down something <laughs> i love, Jason, love the little i kind of love this character i don't know if i'm going to do something with him but he lives rent free in my head right now i i love the the little uh the little uh pollock uh punchline you got yeah, in there yeah 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 you got like it he got it he's he was inspired by uh by dicky bones okay so what I really read uh, this week is Do a Powerbomb. Ooh, hell yeah. This is by Daniel Warren Johnson with uh, Mike Spicer on colors and Russ Wooten on letters. Jason, real quick. If we were a tag team wrestling group, you and me, mm. this podcast, yeah. World's Second Finest, if we yeah. were a wrestler, what would our entrance music be? Hmm. Our entrance, <laughs> you know, you know, it would have to be, you know, what our entrance what? music would have to be. What I have a pick in my head, and I'm wondering if you have the same pick. No, no, because I, because I, I, I think my pick's going a bit like deeper and would be would look goofy to everybody else, but makes sense to us. But it would be some song that you and me decide on between one of the local ska bands that we were really into <laughs> in high school because they have See, cds i was gonna go for uh seal kiss from a rose like oh i feel like I, that's good heel entrance music well or or and we also could the do batman the, tie-in yeah well or if you if you want to go that route i'd rather go uh do the uh, um have the walkout music be uh, the Prince song that he wrote for the oh, first Oh, yeah. Uh, Wake the hell up. <laughs> just, just absolute insanity. And like, you look at Prince and you're like, how have you never done drugs? Like, how are you a Jehovah's Witness? Like, the song is like made by cocaine here. Like, what's so, going on? Uh, 
I used to watch wrestling when I was a kid, but I haven't in a long, long time. I, I think you're the same way, right? Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've friends who are really into it. And like, I, 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 I love the people who are into it. Cause like, it's mm-hmm. people who fucking love wrestling, like love the shit out of wrestling and man, do they, do they love, if, if you ask them about it, like they will excitedly tell you, So you know, here's the thing. I don't have any touchstone for wrestling anymore. Like the last time yeah. I watched wrestling was probably 1995. Yeah. I don't care about wrestling. I, I like Daniel Warren Johnson, but like I haven't read all of his stuff anyway. So I was like, mm-hmm. I was like, why would I start here? I, I, I passed on do a powerbomb many times in the store because I was like, I'm not a wrestling fan. Maybe I won't get it. Maybe it'll contain content that I don't find interesting, you know, whatever. Yeah. And then I was chatting with a buddy of mine, uh, Brent Schoonover, and he was like, hey, you got to redo a powerbomb. He was like, even if you don't like wrestling, you got to just give it a shot. Just give it a shot. And so on his recommendation, I picked it up and holy shit, it's so good. Totally sold. Totally sold on it. Um, so this, uh, this book also, Daniel Warren Johnson won an Eisner for best teen book for this issue mm. or for this for this book, uh, which is kind of a wild category to win in, but like, whatever, like it's, yeah, it's cool. Right. It's a great book, whatever, <laughs> who cares? Teens will read it. Um, yeah. It's about, it's about a, um, it starts with a match that happens where something goes really wrong and one of the participants dies and it's this little girl's mother who is wrestling who died. And she's fighting this like luchador guy and she's like crushed and devastated, but she like grew up behind the scenes in this like wrestling community. And like, all she wants to do is wrestle. That's it. Her name is uh, Lana Steel Rose. She wants to honor her, mem- her mother's memory. She wants to wrestle. She wants to fight and she can't find anyone to train her. Because everyone's like, well, your mom passed away in the ring. Like, I'm not going to be the one who, like, brings you to the ring, you know, like that kind of thing. Like, yeah. come on, man. So she can't yeah, find a trainer. A responsible thing to do. Right. So she can't find a trainer, even though she's got this, like, fire in her. And she gets approached by this dude in, like, a leather jacket with spikes coming out of his hair. And he's like, here's what's up. I'm a necromancer. <laughs> like we have, I'm confined to an Island after I tried to take over the universe twice. Like, so he's like, I don't have any power outside of the Island, but if you come wrestle, he's like, I love wrestling. He's like, uh-huh. you come, you come tag team. Like, and, and, uh, I will let you bring back one person from the dead. Oh, they shit. will be fully restored. You, and so she's like, I can bring back my mom. And, and she's like, I have no one to wrestle with. I don't have a tag team partner. Like, who would I bring? And he's like, well, I know one person that might want to wrestle to bring back your mom, too. And it's the guy, the luchador, uh, Cobra son, who killed his mom. Oh, mom. shit. Yeah. 
So she teams up with the luchador who, who, and he's Cobra son is a mess afterwards. Like, really lost his spirit for wrestling is doing a lot of gimmicks yeah. is punishing himself for like all the shit that they went through uh yeah and the mistake in the ring you know that kind of thing yeah so it kind of escalates from there uh you go into this wild intergalactic world where like and you know we know that wrestling is not real but like on all these other planets wrestling is real and they're like, <laughs> so they're like, oh shit, we're like really in the shit now. Uh, <laughs> that that's that's an awesome that's an awesome uh, uh, sort of uh, I don't know if you call it a plot device or y- you know, but just like yeah, a lot of yeah, fun yeah. to be had. We're like, oh, it's just sort of theater where we are, but oh, we have to. Oh, okay, everywhere else, okay. it's like real deal. And and uh, yeah. there's this great moment where. Uh, Lana Steel Rose, the, the necromancer is pitching this thing. And she's like, yeah, but who's going to win? And, and he's like, what? No, nobody knows. And she's like, but it's not real. And he's like, he's like, it's definitely real. Like, he's like <laughs> insisting to her that wrestling is real. <laughs> it's, oh man, it's very, very fun. I don't want to give away anything. Uh, all of the wrestlers are fucking bonkers. Uh, very, very much uh, red line energy. Like I brought red line to the pod the last time and it's just like yeah. aliens and, and weird cars and stuff. And, and like and then you have JP and the Trans Am. It's the yeah. same kind of energy with like she goes in with Cobra Sun and then like uh, their relationship grows and changes in weird ways. And uh, they fight through all these wrestlers there's an amazing moment where a wrestler is revealed right and it's a big double page spread they're like leading up to it and you're like you're like oh shit what's it gonna what's he gonna look like because you kind of know who he is but you want it you want to know like what's he gonna look like kind of thing you open it up and it's a double page spread and he is directly in the middle of the spine and he is just completely devoured by the spine (laughs) unfortunately oh no my only criticism with this book otherwise it's fucking fantastic uh the color is really great mike spicer does a great job uh yeah i man this book yeah so much fun yeah i want to pick up more i absolutely love daniel warren johnson's art his his art is so like okay i don't know it's it's just let's talk about his art because Uh, I also kind of stumbled into a comics journal interview that he did after he won the Eisner. Yeah. Uh, and I've read from him, I've read, um, Wonder Woman, Dead Earth, which was fantastic. And, uh, his Beta Ray Bill book, which was also, oh my God, Jason, you got to read that Beta Ray Bill book. It's so good. It's metal as shit. Love love Uh, Beta Ray Bill. So, um, I read this interview and he talks a lot about his process. And one of the questions really struck me from the comics journal was, do you consider yourself to be, cause he has like a lot of energy on the page and he does a lot of speed lines and he does a lot of blurring stuff. Yeah. That's like normally kind of attributed to manga more than American comics. Yeah. Um, like we don't see any of that stuff in the mainline bat books from 1996. It just doesn't exist yet in no, our culture. No. Yeah, um, yeah. So, the comics journal asked him, do you think that you do Americanized manga or mangaized American comic books? 
And he said his answer was that he feels like there's still American comic books with like a manga flavor added because he was like, his answer was, you know, in manga, they can spend four trade paperbacks on a knife fight. But he's like, I don't have that luxury. Like, we got to get in and out, you know? So it's like manga sensibilities wrapped in a story that is just constantly moving, you know? So like, there's always something to look at. There's always something to check out. There's always a moment that's happening on on the page that is exciting. And he really keeps that energy moving all the way through. He talks about in the Comics Journal uh, interview, and I'll link that below too, um, that his writing style is that of a sledgehammer that he like, (laughs) he like can't do subtle because he wants to be constantly moving. He wants to be showing something on on the page. Uh, And I kind of love that. Like that, that kind of mentality really speaks to me um as a comic reader i think it's one of those things too where this only comes through just insane amounts of like practice and seeing what's work but it's like when when you talk about like exaggerating a figure you know and it's not always having to be some sort of crazy forced perspective but it's knowing just when to kind of like make an arm a little bit longer or maybe like make this back bend just kind of like slightly unrealistic, but not. And how much more like energy and power that that gives to uh, that, that that gives to everything. You know, I think it's like what I, what I really like dig a lot about his work and why I can see seems so um, frenetic, you know, so quick. He, he also, um, will pull the camera back a lot more than your average American comic book uh, mm. does. He show he like leaves a lot of space to show full figures fighting constantly. Yeah. And he's not afraid and to show background either. He's not afraid he's to not do af- those like hyper detailed yeah. backgrounds. He, he, there was an actually an interesting part in the comics journal where he was talking about um, how he will draw in uh, sound effects and things like that. So he'll draw in these sound effects and the way that he puts them in the background and incorporates them into the page is a very like manga thing where it's like, okay, like we can have this big moment. And if it was just like a, like a burst zip tone or whatever, like that's fine, but it really needs like something compositionally, something needs to exist in this space for this page to work. And so he'll jam like a chunky sound effect there in a way that like in a way that like incorporates into his work really well because he's drawing it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I thought that I thought that that comment. And that mentality was really interesting, uh, and it made me want to reread a lot of his work to see where he's doing that. Uh, Yeah, I think that there's it adds up to a very unique vision and a very unique hand of the artist that uh, I think that he has tapped into. He is like, he is himself. He, he, he admitted in the interview that he cannot draw sexy ladies. Like he just <laughs> can't like he, people look lived in people look real. Like it looks like yeah. people that you meet on the street kind of thing. And yeah, not, uh, not everybody's going to be Adam Hughes, you know, and, and right, just like, right. Exactly. Exactly. And so 
I, I just I can't say enough good things about do a powerbomb and Daniel Warren Johnson in general. I know that like I'm probably like the trillionth person to be like, hey, you got to check this guy out, but you got to check this guy out. Like, hey, man, who he's, cares if you really, relate really to the great. party as long as you're yeah. at the party? OK. Yeah, so I, got, I, bought, I, got buy, I got to buy more of his stuff. I bought do a powerbomb and in the same breath, I double dipped and I got um, murder Falcon as well. Oh, fuck. So, yeah. I've wanted to check out Murder Falcon just from the name alone. Just for if it wasn't yeah. his art, if I saw a book named Murder Falcon, I'm like, well, I got to give it a shot. So yeah. apparently that's that's like a very metal book. And he was he's plays guitar as well. And he was I, I heard that he puts like some guitar tabs in into oh, that no book and stuff. Oh, yeah, awesome. yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm interested in checking that out. Uh, it's on my to read pile. I haven't gotten to it yet, but I'm sure somewhere down the road i will bring it to this podcast because i'm sure it's fucking great yeah like murder falcon god damn yeah okay. man one of the things by the way i didn't even realize this until just the second <laughs> one of the things he talks about at the end of the interview is he starts talking about how it feels like with movies and television and stuff that like all of the edges are sanded off that he was like you cannot even get good sci-fi these days like you think about good sci-fi and you think about blade runner you don't think about like anything anybody's making now because like we've sanded off the edges to make it like as commercially viable as possible and he closes the interview with like thank god there's still comics and like this is the space man this is the space that like i want to live in until i'm dead in the ground where it's like right Give me that weird. Give me that that thing that makes you think. Give me that that swing that like, you know, you're not. An artist making a thing because they're like, this thing needs to exist because I can't find it anywhere else. That is comics, baby. You know? Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's why. I don't know. Yeah, it's why it's why you keep on doing it. Right. Yeah. That's why, that's why, yeah. That's why everyone keeps on reading them. It's why, you know, it's, it's also what the thing I would always bring up about, like when the Marvel films first started getting like big, you know, and people are like, oh man, these, these, these are a lot of fun. Oh, that was, it's like, yeah, asshole. What do you think I've been reading comics my whole fucking life for? Because right. like they, because sh- they're shit. Like it's been a continuing art form since the 30s for a reason yeah like come on man like it's and like, if we what, didn't like, get if we, jason if we didn't get hamstrung by the comics code authority like we could have european quality level comics right now we could be at that level society accepting comics as a medium and true art being made with every issue a comics utopia jason <laughs> well yeah, just like Hicksville. You know, it's why it's why yeah. Hicksville is one of yeah. my one of my favorite books because it's just a town where everyone's super into comics and has opinions and they're really well read. <laughs> <laughs> like that's just fucking paradise to me, man. Oh man. That that does sound pretty good. Yeah. Anyway, anyway. Everyone pick up do a power bomb. Even if you don't like wrestling, give it a shot, borrow it, get it from your local library, check it out any way you can. It's really great. That's awesome.
Jason, how do people get in yeah. touch with you? They can get in touch with me on the awful Twitter machine that I still can't let go of, and that's fine. I've made my peace with it. At King of <laughs> King of Black Acid on there, I'm. You're a cr- you're a chronic user. You're gonna be there till the they turn the fucking lights out. I I, I scroll. I almost never. Uh, post i actually i post way more as world second finest which you can also find us there at world second finest with the with the two with the number two in there i i've posted way more like actual words on that account than i ever had on my personal twitter account appreciate that you know um but yeah that's where they can find me and they can find all of your stuff at linktree.com slash nick phil and I don't, also on I don't your, even have to say it i don't even have also to say on it. your also on your discord and at youtube.com slash Nick Phil. Check out those ep- episodes. He just starting. Yeah, yeah. I double, hot, I'm double hot, shipping. Hot I'm double shipping this podcast up there uh, in order to catch up. Um, just covers are up. No, no interiors, because if I started doing interiors, especially with the stuff with where we were covering contagion and it was like seven issues, there was like no way I was going to put those videos together. I wish. Yeah. It, it's the same thing with zero hour. Like I wish that I had the time to really dig in and, and make a zero hour, like video, like, end, like beginning and end, like put yeah. some time into it, but I just don't have the time. It doesn't, pay, it doesn't pay anything. It's like, I don't know. Y- yeah. You know, it is what it is. Um, the other thing is I was going to mention, uh, I cut all social media from my phone except for discord. Nice. And so I am, I am, I am detoxing. I am often picking up my phone and realizing there's no reason for my phone to be in my hand now. That's what I'm doing with my time yep. these days. Yep. <laughs> good. It's good. It's how, it's how you got to do it. Yeah. So if you want to get in touch with me, Discord is the best place to do it because otherwise, uh, I'm using social media mostly as a one way street. I might, if you ask me something on on Twitter or Blue Sky or Instagram. Uh, I might get around to it eventually. Just be patient with me because uh, I am basically Discord only. That's the way to go. Yeah, man. I think that's the way yeah, to do man. it. Discord's a real conversation with like actual people instead of just like 500 people word vomiting whatever thought they have, like all in a well, feed. Yeah. Well, and it's also a lot easier to control it if someone starts acting like a dick. You just you kick just, them out. Like, yeah. You just get out of here. Like, yeah. Easy peasy. Yeah. 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 Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening, everyone.